Welcome to the Sadler Lectures podcast. Responding to popular demand, I'm converting my philosophy videos into sound files you can listen to anywhere you can take an MP3. If you like what you hear and want to support my work, go to patreon.com sadler. I hope you enjoy this lecture. One of the associated topics that Aristotle discusses in Categories Chapter 10, which has to do with opposition, is how and whether opposites can change into each other. Now, in the course of his discussion, he really only explicitly treats two of the four main types of opposites, that is, contraries ta anantia in Greek, and then positives and privations, hexis and Steresis. But we could also ask, and I will do this towards the end, wait a second, what about correlatives? You know, terms that are relational to each other. And what about affirmation and denial? Would, would this fit into that at all? So before we do that, Let's note one very important distinction. Aristotle is going to say that with contraries, you can actually have change and it can go back and forth in either direction. With positives and privatives, you can also have change, but it only goes in one direction. So we'll talk about why that's the case in just a moment. Now, let's think about contraries themselves. Ta-anantia. Examples of these are some of the ones that we have on the board. Healthy versus sick, right? Aristotle says either you're healthy or you're sick. It's one of those that doesn't have intermediaries for Aristotle. White and black. For this, there are a whole bunch of intermediaries, namely the other colors. Good and bad, there is an intermediary for that, namely being neither good nor bad. He also talks about cold and hot. So with that in mind, what does Aristotle says? He says, with contraries, they can change into each other. So the Greek for that is ace alea metabolen genestai. There literally there can occur a change into the opposites, right? And you can say, well, what is actually changing? Are opposites changing into each other? This is actually a classic problem that was raised by Aristotle's teacher, Plato, already in some of his dialogues, and then treated by Aristotle at much greater length in works like, say, for example, the Metaphysics. Here, Aristotle is going to give you sort of a thumbnail sketch of it. He says, the subject, the hupokamenon, the, the thing in which the quality is, that remains the same. But one thing is exchanged for another. One thing is coming in, another thing is going out, you might say. So what would be an example of that? Okay, so here's a book. A book is a hupokemon on a subject. Let's assume that this is green. Hopefully, you know, you don't have red-green color blindness and you can see that this is green. But let's say I decide that I do want to dye it red. So we, we go to the, whoever does that sort of thing and we dip it into, you know, the dye and now all the, the covering, the cloth is red. Actually, the hupokamenon technically in this case is not the book itself, but rather the cloth that comprises the covering of the book cover itself. So we change it. The underlying thing has remained the same, but we have provided it with a different quality. And we can talk about hot and cold in the same way. We can talk about goodness and badness in the same way. There's a lot of things along these lines. So we do in fact have change, but something remains the same in it. Now, 
Aristotle says that there are some cases where you can't actually change things that way. Whereas he says, one contrary is part of that subject. So he's given examples like this in the past of, you know, snow and, and coldness. You're not going to have hot snow. I mean, we, we, we do have a word for that, water vapor, right? So it's no longer the same thing. And we could say, well, the water itself can be hot or cold, right? But as snow, it cannot. And Aristotle also says at another point that, look, snow is white. It doesn't make sense to talk about black snow or yellow snow or red snow. And you might say, well, wait a second. What if we, you know, put some food coloring in it, right? People do. Well, then you're adding food coloring to the snow. You're not changing the snow itself. You're just adding something might say on top of it, right? So Aristotle goes on and he says, there's other things too, like fire and hotness. You're not going to be able to, heat it constitutes part of, of what it is to be fire, right? In other cases, we can change things. So he gives four examples. I put three of them on the board. We might think of other examples using other contraries that he brings up. You can go from being healthy to being sick, I mean, some of us experience this multiple times in a year. We understand what that is like, right? You're healthy for a while and then you catch a cold or, you know, you have an allergic reaction or uh, something bad happens to you and, and now you're sick. White can go to black. Black is the contrary of white. Good and bad, Aristotle has a very interesting discussion here. He says, the bad man once introduced to new modes of both of living and thinking may improve. This is how we go back from bad to good, right? Be it ever so little. And then he says, and should a man once improve, even though it be only a little, he might, it is clear, make great progress or even indeed change entirely. For ever more easily moved and inclined is a man towards virtue, even though in that very first instance, he made very little improvement. We naturally therefore conclude he will make ever greater advance. And if, as the process continues, it will at length change him entirely, provided time is allowed. So Aristotle thinks there's a huge difference between the bad person and the good person and that it, over time you know we can we can move there now notice that with the good and the bad there is a middle state right or actually probably a whole set of middle states in between and we don't go from good to bad immediately but we we do it you know by by stages and likewise when we go from bad to good it doesn't work that way this is very important to think about when people do bad things as good people and they say it's not really going to affect me Aristotle would say well it's not going to affect you much, but keep it up and you will indeed go from good to bad. The good news is, however, you can also come back from bad to good. Likewise, with colors, there's a whole bunch of different possibilities. You know, we have the gray scale. Aristotle talks about the other colors as being in between white and black. And, you know, if you think about light mechanics, I suppose that that's quite true. The whole spectrum of the rainbow. And you can make something that's black be white, provided it's not an integral part of the, the very nature of the thing and vice versa. Right? Same thing with going back from sickness to health. If you're healthy and you become sick, it's not the end of the world, depending on what the sickness is, because you can go from being sick to being healthy. So there is this back and forth possibility. The subject is remaining the same, except insofar as the subject has contrary qualities that it is taking on. What about positives and privatives? 
Here's where Aristotle says something quite interesting that we might find a bit contestable in our own time. He says, we only go one direction with these. You can't go in both directions. You start out with the possession and then you wind up with the privative. And once you've got the privative, once you've, you're lacking a natural capacity or lacking something that should be there, you can't get it back. What are his examples? Very interesting examples. Lose your sight. You're blind now. That's a privative. You're not getting that sight back. If you go bald, you're not getting your hair back. If you lose your teeth, you're not getting those back. Now, this is interesting, isn't it? Because we are now getting close to the point where people who have lost their sight sometimes are getting their sight restored through some extraordinary medical measures. And I suppose, you know, we tend to look at it as kind of a, a routine thing now, how to deal with hair loss. There's hair replacement surgery and people get all sorts of other interesting things. There's creams you can rub on your head that apparently will help you grow hair. Hopefully you don't put them on other places and have all sorts of extra hairs growing, which tends to be one of the problems with these sorts of products. So it does look like we could get those things back. Teeth, well, you got the teeth that your jaw came with. If you ever looked at x-rays of like infants things, it's kind of gross looking because there's all those extra teeth in there, right? We can replace teeth, but we can't really regrow teeth, at least at this point. So perhaps, you know, from the perspective of modern medicine, we might say, and technology, we might say, well, Aristotle perhaps is wrong about that. But for the most part, you're not going to get back those things unless there's some extraordinarily complex intervention. So perhaps he's also right about this. Now, there's, there's one other thing to say about privatives that Aristotle himself didn't go into. There is an important, another type of change. Before possession and privative becomes an issue, then there's a state prior to that. And for example, having a beard, you know, this is a famous one for the ancients. Should a boy have a beard? No. And it's not a privation for a boy not to have a beard because a boy doesn't naturally have a beard. I mean, actually one of the ways to divide boy from a young man is the capacity to grow a beard. Right? Now, if you're, if you're from a culture that thinks that beards are really the thing, which some ancient cultures were, then they would say, well, not having a beard is actually a privation and having a beard is, is the positive. This, this is one where you can change quite easily though, right? You shave it off, grow it back, shave it off, grow it back. What about rationality? We don't expect children, Aristotle says, in other places to be rational because that capacity, that part of the soul is not yet developed in them. However, once they've reached the age of reason, to lack that would in fact be a privation, a stereosis. So there's a change that goes on from a state where there's neither privation nor positive to a state where there either is privation or positive. I mentioned that we could also ask about the other two forms of opposition, correlatives. Can correlatives change into each other? And the answer to that is yes and no. I mean, can double and half become switched around? Well, only if the underlying things that they're measuring change themselves. And then it's not a change in double and half, it's a change in those things, isn't it? What about father and son? Can't a, a son become a father? Yes, but he's not a father to the same being in which he existed as a son in relation to a father. He is existing in relation to another being. So there is change taking place there in a way, but it's not the kind of change that we're talking about here. What about affirmation and denial? Can't sentences change in their truth value? Yes, they can, but that's a different sort of issue. And we're dealing with that in some other discussions. 
So that one doesn't get discussed here in terms of change because it's not this sort of thing where one thing is turning into its opposite, turning into the other. Special thanks to all of my Patreon supporters for making this podcast possible. You can find me on Twitter at Philosopher70, on YouTube at the Gregory B. Sadler channel, and on Facebook on the Gregory B. Sadler page. Once again, to support my work, go to patreon.com Sadler. Above all, keep studying these great philosophical works.